are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am your host, Mike, and I am joined tonight by Austin. Hello. And our very special guest, Lauren. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, again, we're, we're very excited to have you with us. Um, because you just, you just, like I said, you, you just have all the info. And I, you know, I have gotten to, to know you and a lot of what you talk about through TikTok, which seems to be the social media connect for so many of us now. Um, you know, it's a good, good thing, right? It, it gives us all a headache, I think, sometimes, but it's a good thing. Um, anyway, and I, we, we really wanted to have you on the, the podcast because we, we wanted to give you a chance to talk. Um, well, about something that I saw you uh, talking about, you know, uh, several days back with people on TikTok, you know, and really what it, I guess the gist of that discussion was, is um, the historical significance of witch as an identity, as a word, and how something like the word witch really wouldn't have been used kind of way back when, right? Like that really, that claiming that title as we have now was really a fairly contemporary kind of thing if you think about it. So um, so I really wanted to make sure we talked about that because the information that you were, were presenting and talking about was really like you were just so spot on and and you know and you were getting a lot of grief from a lot of people I think on that um, you know but um, but you were right what you were saying was right. Um, so I guess maybe that's a good jumping off point. Can you can you talk with us a little bit about that I guess like what what is the difference really? What is it that would distinguish the word witch, say, as it's used now, as opposed to maybe the way that, you know, whatever we would have been defined as or, or identified as, like, you know, centuries ago. Sure. So the way we use the word witch now a lot in these neo-pagan or neo-spiritual circles is that it is an identifier of a practice. It's a, we're, we're identifying that we do some form of a magical practice. Um, and I think that word tends to be used to cover the majority of magical practices, even if that's correct or not. Uh, often you see somebody say, oh, you do magic, that means you're a witch, even though that might not be the case. Mm. Historically though, the word witch typically was an accusation. You don't see that word used as an identifier, as a personal identifier, really up until like the 20th century in the, in the 1900s. Um, so we get this weird, confused, understanding of what witchcraft is and uh, its relation to these, what we see as historical practices dating back thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, it's it's funny to think because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I think of the three of us, I'm, I'm probably the oldest one, you know, kind of, kind of in the room. And um, I can actually remember a time, even to this, even, even today, actually, I, I have interactions with people where the word witch comes up in conversation. And that is still like, for some people, there still is some stigma and some, some fear associated with that word. And I'm not even talking religious people. I'm talking like completely spiritually neutral people who for some reason still have this like oh, witch, like that's an evil thing, you know? Um, and so it's amazing to me to think that, um, that those attitudes would still persist, particularly with all the reclamation that's been happening around that word over the course of the last century or so. But um, so it's very interesting to think about. And as you were saying, um, you know, like centuries ago, even, even you know, just within the prior century, um, what what can you can you give us some idea maybe perhaps of what it is that would have distinguished a witch from other types of magical practitioners like why is it why is it the witch was always the evil why is it the witch was always the evil one that's a good question so when we look at the word witch in the spelling we're talking about the w-i-t-c-h that is an anglo-saxon rooted word um, so we're talking a eurocentric concept a witch is a eurocentric thing we can't really compare what a european witch or a western witch is to what somebody that we might perhaps call a witch in like africa somebody that's doing some type of magic in africa those words don't mean the same thing mm -hmm. um, word was defined by the people in power so the, like the catholic church it was defined by the the elite um most records we have using that word are like ecclesiastical records mm -hmm. or court documents of those trials um so it's it's 
up until again, like the, the 19th century or 19th, not 19th century, the 20th century in the 1900s, it was all, those were all accusations. Um, so which historically is usually a person doing some kind of malevolent magic, um, typically in consort with the devil or demons. Um, and typically we see this being thrown at women in particular, not all the time, but a lot of the time it is typically female uh, centered. Yeah. I, I've noticed, you know, and I, I talk about this a lot with some of the classes I teach and, and with some of, you know, just the interactions I have with people here at our, our shop. Um, the, again, I want to go back to and using the word stigma, the stigma, the fear around which the identity of a witch, particularly as it was used to single out women historically. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I talk with people, people a lot about that and, you know, and I'm, my belief is that really a lot of that really primarily came down to misogyny. Absolutely. That that was the a patriarchal effort to suppress women, uh, particularly in cultures and uh, eras where, where maybe for whatever reason, women were actually kind of stepping into a little bit of a position of power. Mm -hmm. um, so can you see like historical significance for that? Absolutely. If you look at a lot of the documentation that we have of people like publishing pamphlets on how to find a witch or what a witch is and talking about magic, um, we one of the documents that comes to mind is King James the First Demonology. Um, it's a really popular, really famous work um, where when you look at even the use of pronouns comparing a magician or a sorcerer to a witch, it's gendered. A magician or a sorcerer was they were King James was using uh, male pronouns, he, him, whereas a witch was using feminine pronouns, she, her. And even in that precedence, we can see the, this concept of a witch was generally a female thing. Uh, because isn't that the case with the elites during history? They don't want women in power. Mm. Um, so what what easy way is it to see if a woman can read or a woman can heal somebody or a woman can do some form of thing that would give them an ounce of power, accuse them of being a witch and then bye, bye, bye. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed um, also just with some of my own research that it, it, a lot of the times that that word was used historically to, uh, you know, basically to accuse, to, to discredit and to bring harm to someone. It, a lot of it was also not misogyny. A lot of it was really based like, like racism and, and ethnicism. Sure. And, you know, I mean, I think that we, um, you, you would probably know accurately on this. You know, this is something that I always read. And so this is probably kind of a little bit of a tangential kind of question, but one of the other, um, things that I was reading somewhere was the, um, pictorial significance of the, of the pointed hat. Yeah. And uh -huh. how that, that's something like, and then I guess there are two stories for that one, one positions that, uh, you know, again, within primarily within the field of misogyny with, uh, women. And I believe it was women who were ale, the alewives, uh, the, the alewives. Yes. And they wore these hats, um, mm -hmm. or were believed to wear these hats that were, you know, supposed to mark, you know, their work or, you know, what they did. Um, and then the other one I've noticed actually uh, relates to, um, to Jews, Jew mm -hmm. Jewish people throughout Europe who, who I also believe or were depicted at least wearing these taller hats. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so it's interesting to me that, that again, not only the word witch historically, but even this, this stereotypical image that we still see even today in our pop culture, we still see today is something that is really rooted in these very old, yeah, misogynistic, racist, anti-Semitic kinds of concepts. It's just, it's, it's fascinating to me that, that all of this is still just kind of acceptable, right? It's accepted. Um, interesting. Um, so in, in helping to, to, you know, better explain or additionally, you know, to provide some extra info for our, for our, our listeners, um, what, what else, I guess, in, in some of these older cultures would, would you potentially, would have you been called or what would have been considered to be more spiritually acceptable, you know, outside of the classification of which? Um, because I guess that's, that's, again, that's kind of the confusion that I'm hearing from a lot of people is, you know, like, well, I, you know, which in a modern context defines what I do, but, you know, but again, it, depending on the era and the culture that that word really would not have been the best one to use. So, absolutely. Um, so can you tell me like what, what were maybe some other things that people would have maybe been called? Sure. Um, throughout time, I, we, we know magic has existed basically since the dawn of humanity. Some of the earliest burial sites we have 
indicate some form of magic, um, whether that be talismans or bones or things like that, that wouldn't fit, you know, what you would think would be in a normal burial, like crocodile heads and tiger heads and things like that were found in these burials. Um, and historically, the there's a difference between like folklore or not folklore, folk, folk magic and witchcraft. You see the word like cunning folk or cunning man or cunning woman pop up in a lot of British Isles um, documents and they are fairly distinguished between uh, witchcraft. So a witch would be separate usually from a cunning person. Um, and usually those cunning, cunning person or helped to uh, fight off witchcraft. Okay. So a lot of like the, the grimoires that they have were purpose, they were designing spells or designing uh, things to prevent witchcraft from affecting another person, um, which you see this, this, this idea of like the magic for hire. Um, okay. you know, every village kind of had their, their cunning person that would, mm -hmm. you would go to for your healing, for um, your cow broke its leg, what do you do? Uh, some of these really like basic things that most people need, right? You need protection, you need prosperity, you need fertility, um, and just like healing. So their, their magic was typically focused on that, whereas historically a witch was, in their intent was to do harm. Mm -hmm. okay. it's, it's fascinating to me how those things overlap culture to culture, mm -hmm. historically, like even cultures that really didn't have a lot of overlap um mm -hmm. we we see that like just just you know in our own tradition we see that you know like you know in um america here we have this very popularized type of italian witchcraft known as stregeria which, which or stregoneria which doesn't really have any uh real doesn't really have any real real validity. real validity or really really any historical significance you know beyond the fact that it really is just a new name for folk magic mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. practiced throughout the mediterranean um yeah, but I that word strega in strega. particular in Italy is very much similar to the word witch. Like if you someone calls you a strega, oh, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Strega um, translates to um, witch directly or mm -hmm. like hag. Yeah, but also it, it relates to the concept also of, I think in, in many vile, old- A vile evil woman is what it, well, well, there is that, but also, and even going back to like biblical references to mm -hmm. to practicing witches or, or women, again, women specifically who practice witchcraft, um, the concept of the poisoner, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the one that would would bring poison or would would literally poison uh, people, you know, and um, yeah, and so it's just it's interesting to see how those things parallel or how how every culture kind of has the same dynamic. Um, mm -hmm. I know one of the other things that you wanted to kind of touch upon was um, you'd mentioned um, high magic or ceremonial magic and the historical significance of that as opposed to witchcraft. And again, that's one one thing I want to say that I've noticed there's there seems to be a lot of overlap um, Absolutely. In, in different contemporary practices, but even historically. Um, would you find that that someone that was within the realm of, say, like high magic, um, these these would not have been people that would have been identified as witches, right? Correct. Now. The interesting thing with high magic is that's usually the people practicing high magic were already in positions of power, typically. Um, so one like one famous person would be John Dee, who was, you know, kind of pursuing like the Enochian magic um, and was working under the crown of Elizabeth I. And we actually see him being functioning as okay to do this magic but there's still overlap. People were afraid of him. Um, there were kind of like uh, campaigns to uh, discredit him at some points. Mm -hmm. And at one point he actually had uh, predicted a horoscope for both Mary Queen of Scots and Elizabeth I and was charged with treason at one point. Well, so yeah. it it's this like, you can go so far magic man, but you can't mm -hmm. go that far. Um, so a lot of it comes down to the level of threat that was perceived by the people at the time. Um, so even though we do have like what you would consider state sanctioned magic, it's still not universally accepted. Some of your more, more um, devoutly religious people of the time, which were typically Christians, were still fearful of it, no matter what type of magic it was. So there is always going to be a lot of overlap. Um, but a lot of it, I think, comes down to not necessarily the practice, but the, 
the the other demographics of the people practicing so like gender um how, were they elite or were they not you get this the difference between um quote unquote high magic and low magic mm -hmm. um and we can see that typically it's the the quote unquote low magic practitioners targeted more than the quote unquote high magic practitioners a lot of classism involved as well yeah yeah i could definitely see the classism and um this is a this is a conversation that comes up a lot and again this is going to kind of swing us a little bit into a tangent mm -hmm. but but i think a conversation i see and i'm sure you see it too happening again and again and again in many of our circles um is the um you know really just to talk about what we would identify now as baneful magic um and how this would be seen to be something that would have been primarily within the realm of the witch right Though yeah. I think if we see historically, even archaeologically now, we're finding records of, um, you know, items, talismans, relics, things that would have been components of high magic, high ceremonial practice. And these were also curses and hexes. These were also things that would be within the realm of baneful magic. Um, and so it's just, it's interesting to me. Um, can you think, I mean, in, in the process or along the lines of some of what we've already discussed, I mean, um, do you do you see... I mean, I, I, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, is being a witch political, I guess, would yes. be the easiest way to put it. Absolutely. Right. I think okay. it's, it's always been political, you know, a doing, doing magic is a, is a way to have power in me in a different way than other people might typically get it right. Mm -hmm. If you want power, you either need money or connections. Magic is that way for somebody to gain power options. Um, and in like modern modern practice, you have a lot of people claim the title of witch that might not even practice magic mm -hmm. because it is a, there's this, this big feeling of power that is associated with a witch, even if it's just through our knowledge of pop culture. If you watch Charmed or if you watched Buffy when you were little and you, you wanna be, you want to feel strong a lot of our female um pop culture icons are from that kind of theme right they're witches mm -hmm. they're powerful yeah. mm -hmm. um so it is it is a sense of gaining power which would inherently mean it's political um you also look at i think what's interesting if, if you look at the Western esoteric kind of development, right? The whole mm -hmm. movement to bring us out of this Christian dominant world. We're in incorporating all these belief systems from ancient times and developing it further into these other modern practices. That's very much a power move too. You're drawing people away from the church and hoping to make the world a little bit more balanced in terms of what religions have power mm -hmm. um, and what belief systems have power okay all right cool thank you i agree completely yeah i think uh we're, we're definitely uh it's definitely definitely a political issue so do you have any questions you've been so quiet i know you said you weren't <laughs> going to talk much tonight but you've been so quiet yeah part part of it's because i'm i'm doing are you are you doing some reiki? Okay, yeah. he's he's self reikiing himself. Okay, all right, self reikiing himself. I did something to anyway, my back. Um, it's just it's just not it's just not it's happening. just it's been a bad day. It's, it's been a rough day. It's been a rough. I'm day. sorry. A good okay. day, but a rough um, day. Okay, one of the things actually, you know, this is this is something else I wanted to kind of get your your knowledge on, you know, with with your understanding of, of the history of the around these things. Um, I um I'm 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 a theologian. I actually that's kind of what I went to school for. Um, you know, at one point the idea was to actually go into the clergy and you know that that didn't work out um anyway uh but it's actually it's actually it's odd because that that's a that's a common thing in um mm -hmm. italian witchcraft actually it would not be uncommon to find that, that the witch family would actually have a priest and so that was that was kind of me um and then i'm like no nah, i can't do this um anyway so um but I, I was in, in in some of my own research you know in in you know uh, looking into you know religious doctrine um it was my understanding that that really the the um, the anti-Christian view, or I guess the anti-Abrahamic view, at least as it was, you know, Catholicism, Christianity beyond that, um, really didn't become, uh, you know, it wasn't really put into 
Bible, you know, until I think around like it was like the 1600s, if I recall correctly. Like I, I remember reading that prior to that, I think it was like 1642 prior to that, um, there were, there were, you know, illusions and there were, there were things, you know, that were like, okay, like witch, you know, witches are not a good thing. Like, you know, we, you know, we don't, we don't associate these. Of course it would never have been the word witch, um, you know, but, but something similar, you know, whatever that would have been. Um, but it was really kind of within the 1600s that all of a sudden now, like we see this, like thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And these kinds of passages put into the latest revision of the Bible. Um, so with your, with your, your experience, your knowledge of these things, you know, like, like, is, is that, is that true? Is that accurate? Like, yeah. So that, that thou shalt not suffer which to live comes in the, the King James, the first version of the Bible, mm -hmm. who also was the same person that wrote demonology. Um, and I think in, in King James, the first, his kind of understanding of the world, he also is, he's, what is he, grandson of Henry VIII? I think. Mm -hmm. And if we recall, Anne Boleyn was also accused of being a witch. So there's kind of this family understanding that witches are scary. Witches mm -hmm. threaten the crown. If you're if if you're the king of different parts of Europe and in England, you want your power. Um, so he was doing a lot in his a lot as much as possible to uh, retain that power. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also at the the height of some of the witch trials in Europe. So it kind of makes sense that we, that's kind of like adds a little bit of more doctrine to the general public. Um, because if you have a book in the 1600s, you probably have the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, so if you throw in that bit, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, that means the, the population that you are ruling also now are going to start to agree with you because, well, that's the only book they have to read. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were learning to read, you were reading the Bible to learn to read. Mm -hmm. um, so to kind of convince more and more people to hunt down these witches, throw it in the one thing that they're going, you know, for sure, they're probably going to read. Mm -hmm. um, and it works because the people accusing others of witchcraft are your common folk, the peasantry, the people that are around them all the time. You have a lot of like families accusing other families. You have um, neighbors accusing neighbors, even on the other side of the ocean for the Salem witch trials. You have that happening as well. Bridget Bishop was in a, in a uh, little tiff about her property line mm -hmm. and it was her neighbor who accused her of witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember reading some of those, like, you know, the, yeah, obviously. Oh, yes. Very, very uh, ulterior motives. For some of those mm -hmm. accusations. Yeah. So I think I remember reading somewhere like, wasn't King James gay? I think I remember like there are stories about King James being homosexual. Have you heard anything about that? Ooh, not offhand. Okay. But... Not, I, the, the, only reason, the only reason I'm bringing that up is because there was a part of me, I was going to, I was going to crack Probably. a joke, but, but there was a part of me that was kind of like, he must have just been a woman hater. Like, what the hell? Like, you know, geez, I don't know. Um, anyway, um, okay, yeah. I just, I, I was always curious about that because that had been something that I had read, but I wasn't sure. Like, you know, that was information that was presented uh, from the perspective of, um, well, the church, mm -hmm. in essence. So I guess I was asking, like, like as someone who was a historian on the outside of that, outside of faith, I was like, like, is is that also something that you, you know, you've seen? Um, mm -hmm. um cool. So thank you for answering that. Um. Any questions, Austin? Oh, is there anything we haven't talked about, Lauren, that you want to make sure we address? Ooh. I mean, I we're not done yet, but I, you know, but I want to say because I, 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 you know, I feel like so far we've kind of steered the conversation. I want to make sure oh, no, you haven't had a chance to say that you get that out there. Sure. I think one thing interesting to talk about that if you look at the social media perception of what witchcraft is, Ooh. I think a lot of people come to witchcraft because they have left some form of organized religion and they want to avoid it. And in my personal opinion, I think that is a little bit of a misnomer. You can't avoid everything about organized religion when you go to witchcraft because of how influential organized religion has been, especially Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, I know I've, I've been guilty of scrolling on Amazon for books for far too long. And then I see all these cool, like different reprints of grimoires. And then when you start looking through them, a lot of them are using a lot of Christian or biblical passages. There's a lot of syncretization in folk magic practices with Christianity. Mm -hmm. 
um, and Austin, you're not going to like this, but I know we have the conversation about Christian witches. There's one kind of particular <laughs> folk magic practice that is the closest thing we're going to get to a Christian witch, and that is in the Pennsylvania Deutsch tradition, mm. um, where you have two different forms of practices, but there's the brakharai, which is kind of like your more healing kind of practices, but then you also have hexerai, which hex or hexa is the German word for witch, mm. um, literally. So, and they are also using a lot of Christian doctrine and it's very, I mean, Pennsylvania Dutch are very, it's Mennonite Amish kind of country. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, so it's very Christian, um, very conservative too. So you have this weird syncretization there. Um, now they're not, you know, when somebody says they're a Christian witch on TikTok, it's a lot different than that. <laughs> yeah, but we should, we should probably clarify that someday because we do say that. We talk even just on our last episode, we we're talking about you can't be a Christian witch, but there there are absolutely uh, practices that I think would be a bit of an exception there. You know, like um, again, we've got you know you you mentioned as perfect examples there absolutely you know and, and I think even within like Latin cultures you know we see practices with under the umbrella of like Santoria, mm -hmm. you know um, in the in the uh, Mediterranean area we've got like the Benedicari. Um, you know, and these are all people who identify as witches, um, and, you know, in whatever their culture and their, their you know, their, their dialect, their language would be, um, mm -hmm. but also, um, but they do, they are definitely working with Catholicism and Christianity. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Italian folk magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't, yeah. There's really no such thing without Catholicism anymore. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Right. So. There's anyway. a lot of, a yeah. lot of Christian influence on our metaphysical practices. Mm -hmm. you, it's and there's a lot of christian influence on everything <laughs> yeah. so it's hard to avoid it um 100 so which would you know in in my i i think a lot of this comes down to people who may have may or may not have religious trauma that could also play a big role in your understanding mm. of witchcraft yeah. um because the the antithesis the the opposite of a christian in our popular understanding is a witch right because they historically are mm -hmm. working with the devil, um, even though in practice that might not be the case. So even that's a little bit of a power move. If I, if you want to avoid Christianity, be the opposite. Um, yeah. So, but I think it is important for people to understand that there is in a lot of, a lot of practices, this syncretization with Christianity. Um, and even, even in like, our modern modern witchcraft practices too it's not just the folklore um you see it in, in modern practices as well oh it's it's all throughout modern folk magic folk, modern magic and even gardenarian wicca yeah so much so much catholic influence there right so much hmm. there's a, there was a, there's a blogger that i read on uh patheos who goes by the name of thumper forge um, and they're very, they're very, they seem very interesting as a person, but they did also definitely write about a lot of stuff and they're a chaos practitioner. Um, and they were writing something, I think just recently they published a blog, um, and they were talking about how Gerald Gardner was not actually the, the creator of Wicca. Mm -hmm. Like Wicca as, as a, as an identified, like that word as an identifier mm -hmm. for that particular spiritual practice, that it was not Gerald Gardner that did that, that it actually is Alexander Saunders that deserves that credit. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, which was news to me because I my experience with Wicca directly is really pretty minimal. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, well, they worked together for for quite some time. Oh yeah, well, and, and because it's Gerald Gardner, Gerald Gardner likes to burn bridges because that's what <laughs> Gerald Gardner did. Um, if you didn't sleep with him, he was gonna burn the bridge with you. Sounds like a Sagittarius. I'm just kidding. No, I don't no, know okay. when um, what sign Gerald Gardner is. Oh God, hopefully you're not a Sagittarius. Um, so, no. What is, what is your astrological sign? I'm just curious. I'm a Libra. Oh, all right. Oh. Okay. That that that's that must be why we think you're so cool. We like we like Libras. Awesome. Um, <laughs> um, actually, that kind of leads me to a, a quick question. Again, looking at this with with your knowledge with the, the history around these things. So, um, mm -hmm. looking at witch as something that has been used historically, you know, to really kind of demonize um, so many marginalized kinds of groups. You know, we see now within the last, um, you know, throughout the 19th century uh, or the 20th century, anyway, the last century, um, you know, we see like the rise of Wicca. Um, mm -hmm. 
How have you seen, uh, you know, with the evolution of belief around these things and with the different ideas that people have around these kinds of things, how have you actually seen or, or are you aware of any real public change in perception of witch as opposed to Wiccan? Um, because it seems to me like Wiccans are always perceived as being much more like safer, you know, like, like they're like, they're the good witches, you know, and that's not always been my experience, yeah, I but can't, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone go, well, I'm Wiccan, I'm a white witch. And I'm like, why well, you gotta bring race into this? Well, you <laughs> definitely are white. You are definitely white. Um, I think with Wicca, that is the, that's the public what the public perceives as the craft. Now, Wicca has done a lot of stuff to make it so that we can practice publicly. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And I think that's why people might self like, not actually be Wiccan, but say, oh yeah, um, I'm Wiccan, mm -hmm. sure. Um, yeah. Because if you're looking at legally, like mm -hmm. Wicca was the legal term for somebody who was practicing magic. Yeah. Um, even though that's not always the case. So like, if you fill out one of those demographic like info sheets and you're trying to decide what your religion is, do I put other, do I put like Wiccan, eh, what do I put when, you know, you practice some form of witchcraft or some form of folk magic when there's no, they're not gonna list 500,000 different types of practices just yeah. to fit on one page. Um, and so I think like the public perception of Wicca is very rooted in kind of in that like it's Wicca had a good public image campaign, yeah. even though it may have been controversial. Mm -hmm. um, that is what the public knows about witchcraft. Yeah. 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 That, that, yeah that's true. That makes sense. So. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, I remember, I remember, I have a question taking us back to one of our prior comments. I, I'm sorry, I jump around like this and I, I shouldn't, I need to, I need to like have notes here so it's I can he's excited. stay in the flow of doing <laughs> this. But, um, so I, but I wanted to ask you going again, going back to something we were talking about earlier. Um, and I think I mentioned something like this, or I made a comment to this effect on one of the, um, one of your, your the educational posts that you put out on TikTok mm -hmm. uh, where you were talking about this, um, through through my own historical work and you know with with my own experience with with our, our own coven tradition and, and other traditions i've been familiar or become familiar with um you know it seems to me that one of the big things that really kind of distinguished witches in in whatever you know uh context or whatever whatever the word would have been you know based on culture era whatever um that witches uh as opposed to say like folk magicians or folk magic practitioners or others one of one of the things that really kind of always came up was the fact that witches very often were um they were seen as heretical in their practice like these were um you know witches were the ones that would take what everyone else was doing and and sometimes deliberately do the opposite yeah, uh, absolutely. So, and this is points out a lot of good um, blurring of the lines of what we know about like the witch trials. Uh, so a lot of the narrative about the witch trials is that it was all not actually magic practitioners being accused, right? It was for other reasons. There were still people who were practitioners being accused. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, there was one person, I can't remember where they're from or what their name is, but there was one particular case of somebody confessing without without torture, whereas it's usually the opposite. Somebody mm -hmm. confesses to being a witch under torture. Um, this person, she was a female and she confessed to like diabolic witchcraft in the <laughs> like Christian understanding of a witch. And I was like, okay. that's that's odd. That's unique for the, the situation. Yeah. Um, you also have a lot of other heretical people being accused of witchcraft. Um, Anne Boleyn is another example. She, you know, she was accused of uh, incest. She was accused of a, a number of things, including witchcraft, um, because Henry VIII didn't like her. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. You also see somebody like Joan of Arc, who was also accused of witchcraft. She was a heretic. Mm -hmm. um, she was one, one, one of the more famous ones, I think, because not only is she cross-dressing in male male clothing she also is claiming to hear the voice of um uh, of michael um so even though she wouldn't have been necessarily practicing witchcraft there was something magic happening 
if we're not talking about the possibility of, you know, maybe perhaps mental illness, which I don't necessarily think was the case with her. Yeah. Um, I think that was a genuine experience that was happening, a genuine, genuine spiritual um, action. Yeah. So, you know, she, and she was a young girl too. She wasn't very old. Um, so which, which accusations often do accompany yeah okay okay i just wanted to get your take on that yeah because that that was one of the big things and in trying to explain that to people that's one of the things that i always try to go to is like well basically witches were going to be the the people that for whatever reason would have been like the 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 outcasts the societal mm -hmm. outcasts whereas the folk magician like the folk magician would have been welcome in the village where you know the person that was identified as the witch was you know like you stay out we don't want you here right yeah right. so okay yeah whether we were doing bad stuff or not god mm -hmm. the, judgment, the judgment from these people so oh, yeah. okay all right <laughs> is there anything else that you would like to share with us um no pressure. I don't know. No, any more questions? Good. You're good. Are you have any questions? Anything we haven't uh, haven't discussed? You good? No. Okay. Well, all right. Then we're gonna, we're gonna segue. We Sweet. we I, you you've seen you 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 you've listened you've listened to our prior episodes and you know this is something that we do. I like to see if there's anything that you are loving and or hating about our community right now. Ooh. Um. Loving about our community. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we we always tend to go to the negative stuff, right? That's easy, <laughs> you know. But yeah, but yeah, but it's just I guess just like just the witch community at large, you know. Like it sure. could be it could be this online. It could be like your local community. Sure. You know. Um. Yeah. What what's what's what are you liking and what what's not working for you right now? So let's do the not working so far for yeah. me right now because that might segue a little bit of a conversation piece now that I think sure. of it. Sure. Yeah. Um. This idea that everything is witchcraft, uh, and no matter what it is, because uh, that can be really offensive to people. I yeah. mean, like call call a bruja a witch, you're probably going to get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. um, and this also leads to a lot of muddling of what the practices are. Like the little old grandma who is invoking a saint or, or calling upon a saint for protection is not a witch necessarily. Um, but you also, one of the things that popped up on TikTok probably a couple months ago now um, is if you're, if you're a witch, you need to be, you need to be careful, right? There's still witch hunts going on, mm. which there are, Yeah, there are, you know there are hate crimes that happen because you identify as a witch in the like in the western in, in the western world but the witch hunts that are happening in places like africa like ghana and that those those are much different from what we know about witchcraft in the eurocentric mind yeah um and this is i think why i feel so passionate about understanding what a witch is and, and understanding that there is a difference when you go culture to culture um because it changes and in, in Africa, it changes country to country, tribe to tribe, even in other places around the world. Yeah. So, you know, in one place, there's a small child who um, might be an orphan, or it might be somebody who they believe is possessed. They might call that person a witch. The like demographics of what a witch is changes and the way that, that they believe that power is happening changes as well mm -hmm. um so what i'm hating about <laughs> our community right now is just like our kind of lack of understanding of that and our tendency to lump everything as witchcraft which then perpetuates this like cultural erasure of a lot of folk practices and of folk beliefs yeah. um we do that on one hand but yet want to try and decolonize our practice on the other we can't we can't you need to do both at the same time you yeah. can't pick one version of you know being a little bit more culturally aware kind yeah, of got to do mm -hmm. all yeah yeah um well i mean if we think about that when it comes to even like folk magic practices if you ask a hoodoo practitioner or a conjure worker or a root worker if they practice witchcraft their response is going to be no i work the roots mm -hmm. um no i do conjure no i work hoodoo my grandmother my mama as you've heard me call her on the podcast, she 
if if you said to her that the fact that she was reading a psalm, praying over a candle, and then putting some stuff in a jar or in a pouch was witchcraft, she would she would tell you, no, I'm just praying. No, mm-hmm. I'm just working. No, I'm just doing this. And so on the other hand, my nonna, she was very comfortable with the term witch, but I think that's just because she had she was she had immigrated. So mm-hmm. well, she was a bad girl too. She was. She was a rebel. <laughs> she was. So she was. She was like, yeah, you call me what you want. Exactly. Yeah. She didn't really care, so. um, but she would most definitely like when we were talking about like Magol or Magi. Mm-hmm. Um, she probably would have considered considered us more Magol instead of Strego or a Fortuquieri or a Fortuquieri, yeah. which is which is the acceptable term in italy for which you say you say i'm a mm-hmm. which is basically just a seer yeah um mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know well, that's okay but yeah don't call me a strega that's a bad thing mm-hmm. yeah um that's interesting do you think i mean i would it would make sense to me along the lines of what you were just saying you know with like this 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 issue that we have with you know uh you know everything you know some people wanting to to pull everything into the umbrella of the word which right um, you know, and then all these other practices that really are are really on the outside of something that would be defined as witchcraft. I mean, would it make sense that, that this could be another one of the reasons why we have so much confusion and so much debate about things like closed right. practices, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you still have a lot of people practicing witchcraft that don't understand the difference between being a witch and being a pagan. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's that's one of the biggest difficulties with our community is there is no standard dictionary of all these words mm. because the words do tend to change culture to culture. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah, and it's it, it is okay for you to identify as a witch no matter what. You know, it, whether it be for the feminist power political um, version of the word or whatever what what becomes a problem is when you call other people witches without being aware of what they identify as Um, because that's where we lead to problems that's where we lead to cultural erasure or we lead to endangering other people there are still some scary people even in the united states that will Mm -hmm. will hurt you if you claim to be a witch publicly yeah um yeah yeah we haven't we haven't dealt with any violent issues mm-hmm. here like physically violent issues here but we've had in just the last couple yeah. of years i we've had a i couple did of, when i was growing up oh uh, well i mean on a person i'm talking about just with us in the shop oh, here like yeah. opening a, a, mm-hmm. a, such a public missionaries across the street yeah yeah we've here, okay. well we've had we, we, we we've had a couple of issues with like other types of discriminatory behavior yeah. um you know directed at us and at the shop but yeah but nothing fortunately nothing nothing that's been like like at the level of any of the kind of physical violence um yeah Hmm. Mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna have to start so i think in our community we're gonna need to start doing like when we meet someone new we're gonna have to do like okay what are your pronouns mm-hmm. and and how do you like to be identified you know like maybe that should be something we should try to push like you know like don't call me a witch it's like i might mm-hmm. do the same i might do some of the same stuff you do but don't call me a witch you right know? yeah yeah that could be that could be kind of an interesting thing to to kind of bring up in discussion a bit more yeah mm-hmm. so cool i like that right. is there anything you're loving right now Ooh, yeah so I actually recently made a trip to Cleveland. Okay. Um, and if you don't know, there Raymond Buckland actually had a witch museum. He had a, his collection yeah. of, of work. That's in Cleveland now. Oh, um, I know okay. it bounced around. I did not know that. I did not know yeah. that. Okay. It uh, bounced around to a couple of different covens after he passed, but it is in Cleveland. Um, and, you know, it seems like in these bigger cities, especially as we're slowly coming out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, there's kind of this revitalization of having more community organization over witchcraft and paganism. Um, Like I heard of a handful of different like pagan pride events and things like Mm -hmm. that all, you know, still maintaining, you know, your, your, your post COVID pre during COVID uh, protections and all that. But there is this sense of, you know, we really do need to come back as a community and, and take the, take the world by storm, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was refreshing to see um, even like shops, shop to shop that might be competitors. Um, they're still working together to take care of the community. Yeah. That's, I love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, there, there is, unfortunately there, there is an element of competition that can pop up. 
mm-hmm. in the community, but like coven to coven, shop to shop, witch to witch, right. and it's, it gets, yeah, it's our, I should say practitioner to practitioner, maybe, mm-hmm. um, along the lines of what we were just talking about. Um, yeah, so, and it's so ridiculous that 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 kind of thinking is so silly. Um, yeah, so it's always sad to see that, but I've noticed the same thing you're talking about, kind of like this revitalization and this, like this seeking community again. Yeah, I, I'm loving that. So, well, you, the, the community is hungry for it. We, we get that a lot. People will come into the shop and they'll be new and they'll be asking like, well, where can I go? And of course, their first reaction is I want to join a coven because to a lot yeah. of people, coven equals community. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a hard conversation to have because you got to look this person in the eye who has these big, bright, just, oh, new world, fascinating things and be like, no, because because they've not under they they don't understand first the difference between a witch and a pagan or really those things because they're learning mm-hmm. their path and that being joining a coven isn't it's not like joining a club you don't right. just like sign a roster and then show up when you want to or well there, yeah. there, there is a community element to coven work but that's but that's not all that but it's about exactly yeah, it's, so. it's it's different yeah. and so so people are hungry for it and i noticed that when we started doing more of like the full moon rituals and and, and opening up a little bit more, uh, more people have gravitated towards us, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, and it's, and it's, it pe- people are hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And so we need to continue to try and grow our community, even though we are still in the midst of a pandemic, trying to get through it, um, and keep everyone on their toes and keep everyone included, uh, which, is, which is why I talked to you about the idea of community community jar spell yeah well and then we'll have to look into that so anyway getting back to what you were saying though so you you went to cleveland and you went Mm -hmm. to the raymond buckland museum yes um yeah what what are your um i this could be this could be a a charged issue or a sensitive question (laughs) um but i've i've noticed lately you know with all the conversation about you know like decolonizing our craft and you know, um, you know, like, you know, you know, well, just basically along those lines of, you know, that, that concept or that, that conversation, you know, which is a good one. It's a good thing to be doing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I've noticed in the process of that, that a lot of the authors kind of of that era, you know, like Raymond mm-hmm. Buckland, um, even uh, Scott Cunningham, uh, you know, within the, the realm of Wicca, you know, all these, all these, you know, these authors, like, you know, so many of them now are really kind of being maligned. Um, you know, by more contemporary practitioners for a lot mm-hmm. of what they wrote or their perspective, their views upon particular practices or the origins or sometimes maybe the way that they didn't credit the origin of a particular practice. What What are your thoughts on that? Since you mentioned the Raymond Buckland Museum, I mean, um, how, do you, how do you feel like I've, there's a part of me that kind of feels like we need to, to honor those voices, at mm-hmm. least for what they contributed you know, mm-hmm. even though even though we can also recognize that, yes, in a, in a modern context, they are problematic. Right. Um, I think and that's the that's the thing I have to. Under, I'm a historian by trade, um, so yeah. I have to read things for the time that they were written in. Buckland, Cunningham, they were writing in the, the end of the 1900s. They Civil rights were still pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. Our understanding of what is and is not appropriate culturally were really, really fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have to read their work and their understanding of magic. And with that means knowing that, yes, were they maybe appropriative or um, insensitive or, you know, not crediting? Yes, certainly. Does it make their... Contribution their, less valid? Exactly. We, I would say no. I don't think that makes it any less valid. We just need to read it and understand it with that understanding. Okay. Um, we're not going to be able to go back and rewrite what they wrote and yeah. just change the narrative. We, we have to just read it for what it is and understand wh- how it came about. Um, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't read their work. I mean, you hear people, you know, Silver Ravenwolf is one of the people that like people shit on all the time. Yeah. Um, read her work for what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure my first witchcraft book was one of the one of those, you know, <laughs> you know, little 13 year old Lauren probably yeah. bought the Silver Ravenwolf book. Oh, yeah. well, I, think, I think she was, she in particular, you know, and many, and many of those names, you know, these are all 
Um, these these were the, the open door for so many people mm -hmm. into witchcraft, mm -hmm. you know, and Yana. So I think that they do deserve a little bit of credit for that. Yeah, I was just curious because I, I love to have that conversation again and again because I'm I'm kind of where you're at with that. I kind of think mm -hmm. you know, like there there is still value here. And I, I also kind of think from the other perspective that if we if we do completely cancel those voices and their contribution, like that to me is almost like a different type of whitewashing. Yeah. You know, it's like where like we can't just pretend even you know, even even if they were right. really, really problematic, we can't just pretend that they didn't say or do these things, right? Um, yeah. So okay, I was just curious because you brought up Raymond mm -hmm. Buckland. I was like, I want I want to get a different take on that. Um, yeah. yeah. So. I wouldn't mind seeing the Raymond Buckland Museum of Witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just like um, oh, I wonder if Gardner's Museum is still around. Oh, I don't know. Because I'll skip that one. I, I no, because <laughs> the cool thing is, is Gardner had artifacts and stuff from not just not just wicca but i mean when alistair crowley died alistair crowley willed a Ugh. lot of stuff to yeah him. I, alistair crowley's another one like i like yeah problematic but those are still um, those are still important chunks no, 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 don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not trying to say alistair crowley did not contribute i'm not i'm not trying to say that i just i think also that, jared um, gardner was gardnerian which means all of his stuff was pretty and shiny okay Wiccans <laughs> do love their pretty shiny stuff yeah so well, okay. wait, i think um the buckland museum has leo martello's altar setup displayed oh, okay. Mm -hmm. okay so there's a lot of stuff okay Mm -hmm. That would be cool. So, so you enjoyed the museum when you went to to go check it out. It is, it is nice. Yeah, it, it's it's small, but it is worth it. I think. Okay, we will have to add that. Hopefully, that hopefully it'll stay in Cleveland for a while, and we'll hopefully. we'll be able to get away from the shop for a few days at some point. And maybe mm -hmm. we can go. Maybe we can go make a trip. And yeah, I think there's one in Las Vegas too. If I don't, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's it's not Buckland's, but I think there's another. Museum, museum in, in Vegas, okay. if I recall correctly. Okay. Well, I mean, I know there are like, I mean, because I know there's a Museum of Witchcraft in, um, is it Louis? Is it is it New Orleans? I think New Orleans has a Museum of Witchcraft. I don't think too. New Orleans has a Museum of Witchcraft. No. I think they have a museum of, of, you're thinking of Salem. Salem has a Museum of Witchcraft. Yeah, they have New a couple. Orleans, there's one in the South, though, too, and I can't remember. New Orleans is more like voodoo, hoodoo centric. Well, yeah, maybe. Is it is it real voodoo hoodoo or is it tourist voodoo hoodoo? A little bit, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's um, the thing with Salem too. It, is it is it tourist witchcraft or is it um, yeah, well, historical? Yeah. yeah they're, they're, or is it real? It's yeah, which city, but at the same time, you have like three conflating different concepts going on. You have the historical Salem, you have the legitimate witchcraft Salem, and then you have the popular Salem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. E even. Uh, oh God, I can't remember what author it was i was listening to another podcast over a year ago and i was still working a corporate job um they had people on who like grew up in in salem and mm. they were like yeah everyone when they find out that i'm a witch and i grew up in salem they think it's just so amazing and i'm gonna tell you right now <laughs> it was awful <laughs> and, I, and, and they're like they go off and like every shop they're they're so competitive and mm -hmm. unless it's tourist season like october mm -hmm. it's shut down it's dead yeah because uh, in those those tourist months shops will make enough money yeah. to not yeah. pay their rent but pay their bills for the rest of the year and be able right. to kind of do their thing mm. the rest of the year yeah. which i mean good for them but but i've been to salem during october and both like off season and I still would hundred percent prefer to be there off season than I would on season. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like Disney for witches during during October. And if you are a legitimate practitioner, you're just you can't get to what you want. Yeah, yeah. That then that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was fortunate enough that when I went it was off season because I was um I was just doing audition circuit, so I was just flying around mm -hmm. auditioning and I had For opera. For opera. Um <laughs> Uh, during my during my little undergrad, and I was like, I'm in Massachusetts. I should just Uber on up to Salem. Mm -hmm. um, so I did. It was a 45 minute Uber. It's okay. I had credit cards. A uh, little young. <laughs> um, and it was it, it was it was a beautiful drive, and really Salem is beautiful, gorgeous. It is gorgeous during the mm -hmm. fall. Um, but yeah, it was, I could already feel that touristy buzz and I was like, I just can't, can't do it. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay. All right, cool. Well, thank you for, for sharing those. Yeah. So, I don't know. Austin, do you have anything you're loving or hating right now? I am... I probably should just limit you to love, because if we let you start <laughs> the hate, we'll be here for the rest of the night. I don't think I have the energy for hate. Okay. Well, that's um, good. Hate takes way too much energy. I'm excited for Laura Tempest Zakharoff's new book. Oh, okay. Right. The Anatomy of uh, the map to the, the magical body, I think is what it's called. Um, and if we haven't got any on order for the shop, we need to talk. To, well, we need to talk to cats. We need to get talk some to on the order. Procurement manager. What would you have any idea? Like just to, like briefly, like what's this supposed to be about this one? I, so I, I, I don't know, but knowing Laura and being familiar enough with their work, I have a feeling that it's going to be centered around utilizing the physical body okay. for magic okay right. which i would really love i mean as a coven we just started doing um one of our coven mates uh is like a certified yoga teacher mm. and uh so we were like you know what? we're gonna do coven yoga and so we did that on tuesday and my body has felt great except for today um which i'm attributing to the plague um <laughs> plague. and Yes, um, yes, we're 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 going to see if we can get like make it available to the public soon. We want to start doing witchy yoga classes. Yeah, which, I, which I, I'm I'm like I'm not sure how this is gonna work. I, I, I probably wouldn't call it. Well, I'm not, I'm not gonna call it witchy yoga. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what we would um, call it, but but our our coven mate did go through like yoga positions, and she was like, "Oh so yeah, yeah, she's, these are yeah, the traditional she's, names. She's, she's trained. She was like, yeah. these are the traditional names now." However, we can think about our tradition and pull these things in. This is how we can mm -hmm. how we can connect to that energy, and it was actually really awesome. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm looking forward to Laura Tempest Zakroff's new book. Okay. Um, uh, I have it sitting in my cart right now, and oh, I know pre-order. No, it's okay. available. Oh, it's already out. It's, oh, yeah, shit. Okay. it's available. Okay. It's just sold out and not available for delivery course. until June 25th. Of course. Ooh. I'll get myself a new uh, birthday present, but oh, there's some dance magic in there. That'll be cool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, her her weekly rituals is what she's mm -hmm. doing. Oh. Um, I think I'm gonna pull some of those up, and I think it'd be really cool if we did some of those as the coven as a coven, as a, like she, a coven exercise. Yeah, because okay. she does like moon and all these other things. Oh, yeah. okay. You're gonna show. I'm I'm unfamiliar. I'm familiar with Laura Tempest Zakroff. I think she's she's amazing, mm -hmm. but I'm not familiar with these. So okay. yeah. cool. All right. My favorite picture of her is the one where there's this huge trumpet flower that I'm pretty sure is Detora, and she's just holding it, and I'm like, I want that aesthetic. Always. Oh, you you love anything poisonous. You're you're all about poisons sure. and toxins. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so do, that's what do, I'm loving. Is there anything that you're not hating, but maybe not happy with in our community right now? I already did a video about it on my TikTok. Uh, oh, <laughs> for you page is littered with. A particular sound bite and it's judge me by the deities I work with and then <laughs> it's people with 15 16 17 oh. vortex vortex did a stitch of it and I was like it killed me because I was like I've seen a couple of these but I guess I'm not getting the trend like what is what is the original so what's the original soundbite for? Like, what is the point of this? I have no idea. I'm it's, old and I don't get these tracks. I don't get it either. And um, I was going to do it, but then I was like... How many powerful beings? Yeah. Or whatever. I, I think that's really... Well, I'm sitting okay. here and I'm like, do you really work with them or do you just venerate them? Because right. there's a difference. When mm -hmm. you work with Hecate, shit happens. When you venerate her, stuff still happens, but like, it's different. There's mm. most definitely, and you can tell if you're, if, now here's the thing. If you're a witch, you don't have to work with deities, right? If you're claiming the title mm -hmm. of witch, you don't have to work with deities, no matter what day it is. Don't need to work with them. Um, uh, now, if you're a pagan and you're working with deities, then cool, but that doesn't make you a witch. So now that we have that out of the way, if we look at what working with deities entails, it's not just loading a pretty candle up with herbs so that it's a fire hazard and then lighting it that can be part of it i feel called out uh, <laughs> all, the, all of the candles i make are like that uh, no mike gives me crap because i tend to over our extinguishers are mandatory to be a witch it's okay mm -hmm. It'll be you, fine. Know, you know and so so it's just very 
it just makes me feel like these people are belittling these spirits, even spirits that I don't work with. Like there are people who will start with like, I work with Hecate and then they'll like jump to like Hera and I'm like, okay, same pantheon. And then they'll jump from Hera to like Ixchel. And I'm like, what? Right. Yeah, well, yeah, when they go off to like something like Ixchel, I'm always kind of surprised. I always want to ask, like, do you have any ancestral connection to those cultures? Well, not, like, do you like, because like, mm-hmm, that, it's not that you would necessarily need to, but that's quite a leap. I mean, well, wow. Yeah, it's, right. so. it's like people who have one altar, and they, and of course, these are also the people who are putting it on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And on one half of their altar, they have Persephone. On the other half of their altar, they have Thor. <laughs> And it's like, Persephone and Thor might get along. Those are two. I mean, we'll discussion on that. Who knows? Um, but Who like, knows? those are we'll, two. We'll have, separate... to, we'll have to do a, a podcast movie where we talk about like cross cross pantheon. Like, yeah. and, and it's so prevalent. A, so. And it's so prevalent because well, in in Wicca, that happens a lot. Well, that's yeah. because you just have the Lord and the Lady, and you just need, and you can like plug and play any deity as long as you right. have. Exactly. And I'm like, it just confuses me because even when I, even when I was doing the Wiccan thing, we had one lady, one Lord. And then if we wanted to work, Holy Ghost, if we, and if we wanted to work with our own personal spirit, spirit or deity, then, then cool. But that was for our private practice. Mm -hmm. But we had this one and this one. And no matter what we were doing, those are the ones we were working with. Why? Because it's work. It's okay. a commitment. Okay. So that's that's what's bugging me is this this once again the rise of like I have seventeen deities I work with. Now, sure you do. Okay, if, mm-hmm. if you believe that, good on you. But those people. I mean, that just seems like those people. They that would be. That's a lot of time. That, yeah, that that you're. Yeah. You're, that seems very busy. Like, very, very, that, like yeah, now, if you so. work in like a pagan monastery, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like I could see that, but. Ain't nobody got time for 17 deities. They demand in. I think a lot of that comes down to to the misinterpretation of definitions. Again, what is working mm-hmm. with versus veneration versus worship versus like prayer? Because a lot of people, I think, change out those words because mm-hmm. they don't want to conf- like feel like they're in church again. Yeah. So they, they're uncomfortable with a lot of the, the vocabulary we use. But if you're using a deity, usually that's still in some kind of religious way. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, and I know that still makes people uncomfortable that are coming out of organized religion, but that also but is still line? true. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like that's another one of those, um, like that, that's another one of those transitional kinds of things, right? Like yeah. I, I left a practice where I had this higher power. I, I need to claim another higher power in my new one because it's just, it's familiar. Mm-hmm. Even though it's different, it's familiar. Yeah, I just, I've kind of noticed that being a trend, particularly with newer practitioners that are like, I need to find a God to work with. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. you're new. You really don't. You, know? yeah. um, you should learn you, to work you, with yourself. You first. don't ever need to find a God. You don't yeah. need to do that. Um, yeah, so interesting. Okay, well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, how about you, Mike? Mm-hmm. What are you loving? Um, I'm, I'm going to take a pass this week, to be honest, just because <laughs> I, I know we've, we've kept Lauren up. She's, she's in a different time zone and it's <laughs> Oh, it's okay. What, what's anyway. your how how late is it there? It's only eleven. It's about oh. my average bedtime, so I'm not too stressed. <laughs> oh, okay. So I think for some, I'm, okay. I'm yeah. So I, we we've got we you you and Lauren both got to share. So I'm I'm not gonna worry about it this week. <laughs> I I will I will I will stuff that vitriol down, and I'll just let it out <laughs> next week. Um, well, no, probably not. I was so, gonna make a dirty joke, but I'm not gonna say so. it. On our always so clean and wholesome podcast, how dare you? I actually don't think we've said um, anything this podcast. So yeah, we'll have I'm to mark trying, explicit. I think, I think we've we've been trying. I think you and I have been behaving because Lauren is here, and we're like, no, 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 no. We 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 can't let her see who we really are. I thought I was the one behaving. Oops. So, oh God, no! I feel God. I'll feel free, like, explicit. Let it out. Let it out. Um, I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's always better to be yeah. safe. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, You're welcome. This was so much fun. Well, we loved having you here and somewhere down the line, we we need to have you back on here if you want to want to come and hang out with us again. Lauren Um, looks familiar and I know why. Oh, it's because I've seen Lauren on TikTok at which underscore way underscore up. Yes. Yes. You can. Those of you who are listening. (laughs) 
and if you if you are a TikToker, and if you're not, it's 2021. You need to get on TikTok. Get with that. If you need <laughs> something to both entertain and drive you crazy at the same time, mm -hmm. great TikTok, for time travel. TikTok is your social media application. Um. Anyway, but yes, if you are on TikTok, please go check out Lauren and and what she talks about. She's again. She is at which underscore way underscore up which way up um and she talks about some really really cool stuff on there you do all kinds of stuff though too like i think i saw you yeah. doing like cosplay and some other stuff what i do it? i'm a ren fair medieval reenactment person i'll wow. yell at you about fire safety <laughs> um, i remember i remember the fire safety videos a few oh, yeah back. yeah by those With top fire inspector yes yeah those were those were pretty <laughs> funny yeah and i was like i was like thank god someone's saying it your spirit's um, not talking to you you put too much lavender on your candle yeah. absolutely <laughs> so, so do do go check out what lauren is doing she's she's brilliant she's sharing a lot of really good information and a lot of really entertaining really fun stuff popping up as well so all right well we're gonna we're gonna probably say good night thank you so much right. for joining us. thank you so much absolutely you're welcome thank you this was yeah. so much fun all right bye bye, bye.